Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbour podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. Well, hey everybody, um, we are so thrilled to bring you uh, part one of our brand new series that we are starting today. Um, and this series is going to take us into the coming weeks and coming months. Um, and I honestly am super excited about this series because um, primarily because of what it means for you um, throughout the course of this series, what God will do in you, what God will do through you, um, I have no doubt will be incredibly significant for your life um, based on the content of what we're going to be journeying through together. So this series is called Above All Else. Um, this series basically is anchored to or tethered to uh, Proverbs 4.23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And that, that passage has always been something that spoke very strongly to me. Um, I think it's uh, an incredible encouragement, also an incredible warning um, for our, our lives. And so I just wanted to, to break that passage down um, at the very get-go. So we've got a really clear understanding of the overarching heartbeat for uh, this series together. So above all else, um, for me, this, this makes me stand to attention. This particular, almost like a command, above all else. It speaks emphatically about um, our priorities. And if, if God's word screams above all else, then we would be foolish to not sit at attention and, and lean into what God is actually um, actually saying to us and, and pay attention to that accordingly. Um, next part says, guard. Above all else, grab our attention, grabs our priority, grabs our focus, and then guard. And for me, when I, when I hear this word guard, it speaks of like active discipline. It speaks of uh, the opposite of idle apathy. Um, it's, it's intentional, it's focused and almost somewhat forceful, this, this thought of guarding. Um, and, and then goes on to guard what? Your heart. And for me, your heart speaks about, and we looked at this in the Roman series, how the new you is the true you. And so we've got to guard our heart, guard this new identity. And that's, that's for me what this ultimately speaks about is our identity, um, the essence and nature of our true and real existence. Um, I, I get a sense as, as a, a word picture of, of this passage is like, like protecting a vault, and it's like, you know, you watch a movie where they've got these incredible valuables hidden in a vault and, and they've got these big doors that are locked in front of those valuables and they put guards in front of them to protect them. There's, there's security cameras at every angle because they're guarding or protecting what is most valuable. And this is the sort of word picture I get from Proverbs 4.23 that above all else, guard your heart because it, because it is one of the most valuable things you have. It holds the essence of your nature. It holds the, the purity of your identity. And so we must be intentional, focused, and even somewhat forceful in protecting our heart. Why? Well, it continues to say, Everything we do flows from our heart. This is, this is the result. This is the output. This is the outworking or outcome of our lives. What happens in our heart and what happens in our mind will eventually outflow in 
our life, in the reality of our lives. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter, uh, sorry, Luke 6.45 that from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so there's this thought of our life is actually outworked from the inside out. And so we get this command to above all else, above everything else in this life that we could chase, pursue, desire or want, we should guard our hearts because it's from our hearts that everything we do flows from that. And so that again, that for us is, it sets the tone, sets the scene for this whole series above all else. And so what we're going to do um, over the coming weeks and months is be incredibly intentional about taking this journey of spiritual growth in guarding our hearts um, because everything from that from our heart flows, uh, from our life flows from our heart. So how are we going to do this? Well, we're going to be um, pondering and practicing. And you're going to hear those words a lot over these series. This, this series is pondering and practicing. Um, some of the most simple yet profound disciplines um, that have been vital for the discipleship of Christians and the flourishing of the church, Big C, for over 2,000 years. We'll be um, focusing on uh, Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, this book here. Um, and so I would strongly uh, urge and encourage every household to grab a copy of this book. I've put a link on our Facebook page and emails gone out uh, last week with a link to how to get this book. It's about 20 bucks. Um, and this is the book that we're going to be pondering and practicing from to help us grow in our spiritual development. And so if you can't afford this book or if you can't access book for whatever reason, please let me know. I will personally get a copy to you, uh, but my heart would be that that anyone who calls C3CH their home church would join uh, this journey with us as we um, make a, an intentional commitment to grow ourselves spiritually and by guarding our heart and being disciplined in matters of the Spirit. So, um, that being said, each week we'll study one chapter of the book. Then we'll spend the following week pondering and practicing uh, the thoughts that came out of that particular discipline. Um, now, from the get-go, I will admit it's not for the faint of heart. Um, it's for those who desire a serious discipleship journey with God, who actually want to grow. This is specifically for you. Anna and I are absolutely committed to growing disciples. We don't want to just grow the church and have a large church filled with people. We want to have a church filled with disciples, people who are actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus that would overflow and impact the world that they live in. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to stretch you, um, but more importantly, it's going to grow you. And uh, uh, it will also dissolve any notion of secondhand faith um, that might have crept in and become evident in your life. And what do I mean by secondhand faith? Um, Pete Scazzaro uh, says that he believes one of the, the biggest epidemic in churches today is this secondhand faith where um, the, the, the sum total of people's spiritual experiences in, in the Christian church are based on somebody else's revelation. And it, it goes like this. If, if I could just read that book, if I could just capture that quote off that Instagram post, if I could just listen to that worship song, if I just listen to that podcast and I just get fed on these things, and it's almost like 
We bounce from uh, whatever looks nice, whatever sounds good, whatever props us up in our senses, then that is the sum total of our faith. And so that's sort of secondhand spirituality where we are borrowing from somebody else's private devotion that they've made available to us. And we then, um, you know, substitute our own direct relationship with God um, by, by, by living off somebody else's revelation. So this series is going to um, dissolve any of that because all those things are good, but they are secondary. They're not primary. Our primary source of inspiration, of hope, of life should be directly from God himself, not from somebody else's uh, revelation or illumination of God's word um, for them. But we need to get access to that for ourselves. So this series is going to be really helpful for you and I to, uh, to grow in those areas. Here's what we're going to cover. Um, Like I said, it's going to be a long haul, but I'm committed to it. Uh, I would love you to be committed to it too. We're going to look at uh, inward disciplines. And these are meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. Then we're going to look at outward disciplines, which are living a life of simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And that's the part that's not going to be too dissimilar to the How to Unhurry series we did at the very start of this year. Uh, Then we'll look at four corporate disciplines, which are confession, worship, guidance, and then celebration, finally. And so uh, that's the journey that lays ahead for us. Today is simply an introduction to uh, the concept and idea of spiritual disciplines, uh, because this may be a foreign concept to some people. Um, You might not be aware of this or understand this. So today is is just introducing this thought to us. And then next week, we'll kickstart with our very first discipline that we will ponder and practice together. So um, let's look at some thoughts, some introductory thoughts about spiritual disciplines. Here are three things that uh, spiritual disciplines are not. They are not, first of all, for spiritual giants um, and therefore are beyond the reach of mere humans like you and me. Uh, God intends for these spiritual disciplines to be active in ordinary people's lives, for, for mums and dads, business people, students, um, unemployed people, uh, whatever. Um, these spiritual disciplines are for absolutely anybody and everybody to be engaged in. Um, These spiritual disciplines are not some form of dull drudgery uh, aimed at exterminating laughter and joy from the face of the planet. Um, Joy is actually the keynote of all of these disciplines. The purpose of these spiritual disciplines is, and get this, it's liberation from the stifling slavery of self-interest and fear. When the inner spirit man is liberated from all that weighs it down, it could hardly be described as dull drudgery. And so this is that concept of he who the sun sets free is free indeed, and we are free to live a life of joy, a life of love, a life of passion, a life of peace, and that could hardly be described as dull or boring or bland. So spiritual disciplines are not dull drudgery. Thirdly, spiritual disciplines are not hard or complicated. It might be difficult to discipline ourselves to do these things, but the disciplines themselves are not hard or complicated in their outworking. Um, we don't need to be advanced in matters of theology to practice these disciplines. The primary requirement for these disciplines is simply a longing for God. And if you and I have a longing for God, a desire to be with Him, uh, a desire to be near Him, then that's all that is really required of you and me um, to engage in these disciplines. Um, so God has given us these disciplines as a means of receiving His grace. These disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that He can transform us. 
And here's a great analogy um, that, that we see Richard Foster paints in his book. He says, a farmer, a farmer is helpless to grow grain. Um, all he can do is simply provide the right conditions for the growing of grain. He cultivates the ground, he plants the seeds, he waters them, um, and then the natural forces of the earth cause that seed to grow and cause that grain to uh, emerge from the soil. And this is in, in, in the same way, these spiritual disciplines are a way of sowing to the spirit. The disciplines are God's way of getting us into the ground. They put us where he can work within us and transform us. By themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to a place where God can do something. So the spiritual disciplines themselves do nothing other than take us to a place where God can do something. That's important for us to really um, hammer in on and understand. Um, God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which uh, we place ourselves where He Himself can bless us. We must remember that the path does not produce the change. It only places us where the change can occur. Um, a wonderful thought here too is, is our, our world is hungry for genuinely changed people. And we see that all around. There's this hunger in the world for people who are, are changed and causing change. Uh, Leo Tolstoy observes this. He says, everybody thinks of changing humanity but, humanity, but nobody thinks of changing himself. Let us be amongst those who believe that the inner transformation of our life is a, a goal worthy of our best efforts. In, in other words, um, would we approach this idea of spiritual um, formation, would we approach this idea of spiritual growth and maturity above all else? Could that be something that you and I commit to over the coming weeks and months, that we would above all else guard our heart by disciplining ourselves in these spiritual practices that will ultimately get us closer to God where the healing and freedom can take place. In and of themselves, these disciplines are not powerful, they're not profound, they are nothing more than a vehicle that will take us to the destination of impartation uh, and, and freedom that only comes from being close to God Himself. But before we begin this journey um, of pondering and practicing these disciplines, um, I, I want to address seven pitfalls around spiritual disciplines that we need to avoid. Okay, and these seven things um, uh, could be quite easily easy traps for us to fall into, but I want us to avoid at all costs these seven pitfalls. Here they are. Pitfall one, the temptation to turn these disciplines into law. There's nothing quite like legalism to choke the heart and soul out of walking with God. The rigid person who is like, this is how you do it, this is right and wrong, it must be at this time, it must be at this place, you must do these things. The rigid person is not the disciplined person. Rigidity is simply a sign that these disciplines have gone to seed. It's simply a sign that, that what once was supposed to bring life is actually dead and will cause no fruit to grow any longer. So we've got to be really careful that we do not, um, in our engagement and in our journey through these disciplines, that we turn these disciplines into law. Legalism will quickly kill a relationship with God that He desperately wants to have with you and I. Pitfall number two, um, which is the failure to understand the social implications of these disciplines. 
These are not a set of pious um, exercises just for the devout, but they are a trumpet call um, to obedient living in a sin-wracked world. They call us to wage peace in a world that is obsessed with war, uh, to plead for justice in a world that is plagued with inequity, and to stand with the poor and disinherited in a world that has forgotten its neighbor. So what this speaks about is um, we're going to be countercultural. We are, we are no longer going to blend in. We are, going to, we are called through these disciplines as the closer we get to the heart of God, the further we get to the heart of this world. And so the way we live our life, the way we interact with people, the way we think about things will start to change and go against the grain of contemporary culture and modern society where we will not be part of the, the problem any longer, but we'll be part of the solution where we bring peace in times of war, we bring reason in times of confusion, we bring hope in times of despair. And, and, and that's what we are called to be. So there will be a social um, impact from your life and my life as we journey down these disciplines. Pitfall three, to view these disciplines as virtuous in themselves. In and of themselves, these disciplines have no virtue, they have no righteousness, and they contain zero rectitude. Um, this was an important truth that the Pharisees seemed to forget or seemed to not um, fully understand. The disciplines um, simply place us before God that they are not um, an avenue for us to get brownie points with God. God is not more impressed with us because we discipline ourselves to do these spiritual practices. No, 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 no. No, God is impressed with us when we position ourselves at his feet to have a relationship with him. And so these practices are not simply exercises for brownie points. They are uh, placeholders to get us um, in the presence of God. Pitfall number four. Uh, to center on the disciplines rather than to center on Christ. The disciplines are for the purpose of realizing the greater good, and the greater good is Christ himself, who must always remain the focus of our attention and must always remain the end of our quest. Jesus is the goal. The practices are not the goal. Jesus is the goal. They are a means to an end. He is the end. He is the goal. He is the prize. And so we've got to keep that in our mind as well, that we don't fall into the trap of focusing on the disciplines at the expense of focusing on Christ. Pitfall number five, the tendency to isolate or elevate one of the disciplines to the exclusion or to the neglect of others. The disciplines are like the fruit of the Spirit. They, are, they comprise one single reality. They are all in one. When we read about the fruit of the Spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, they're not a list of separate fruit that we might get one or the other. They are a package deal, a bunch of fruit that comes to us as part of the regenerative process of God saving us. So these disciplines are a package deal. We don't just choose, pick and choose um, the ones we like or the ones we're, we're more comfortable with the more familiar with it's a package deal that we should be actively engaged in every single one of them and so that's why for this these next 12 weeks we're just going to choose one discipline and then we're going to spend the week ahead just pondering what does that mean what does that look like what do i think about this how do i feel about this particular discipline and then we're going to practice that discipline and and and, and by no means are we going to be experts at it but we're simply going to expose ourselves to an opportunity to be connected with jesus um, far more regularly than perhaps we might ordinarily be and we're going to watch the dramatic impact that that's going to have on our lives as the weeks roll into months pitfall six we're almost there um, 
To think that the 12 disciplines that we're about to ponder and practice are somehow an exhaustive means of God's grace or are an exhaustive um, uh, measure of connectedness to God. Uh, what they simply are is these 12 are, are an attempt to compi- compile um, acts of devotion that the writers of the scripture and the early church saints have discovered as vitally important to experiential faith where we actually encounter and experience God. Um, these are not the only ways to encounter God. These are not the only ways to discipline ourselves to connect with God. These are not the only ways to express our worship and gratitude or relationship with God. Uh, these are simply 12 ideas identified uh, ways of connecting with God, disciplines to, uh, to connect us, to guard our heart um, that have been identified primarily through Scripture and through the saints that have gone before us and lived out these things in their lives. And the last pitfall, number seven, which Richard Foster would say this is the most important pitfall to avoid, and that is the temptation to study the disciplines without actually experiencing them. Or to use the language that that we will be using for this series is um, the greatest pitfall is to simply ponder these practices and not actually practice them. And so uh, we need to prayerfully and slowly and perhaps even with fear and with many, many questions move into this adventurous life of the Spirit together. That this is not one of those series where you can just sit back and go, oh, that was a nice message that, that was spoken on Sunday and, and, and get a couple of points and feel good. No, no, I, I'm calling us all to this challenge. I'm calling every member of this church to join with me, to join with Anna as we roll on through these disciplines, pondering them, yes, but more importantly, practicing them to see what our life could possibly look like the closer we get to Jesus on a daily basis. So this is not a just a sit back and watch and, and we are by no means have any desire to create a consumer church. We have every desire to, con- to, to, to create a con- contributing church where we are all on the field. There's no, the only people in the bleachers are the world watching us do what we do and wanting to be in on the game. And so we invite you to get on the field with us. We invite you to get on this journey of um, spiritual growth and spiritual formation. Um, we are really legitimately excited about what God is going to do in your life, in your workplace, in your family, in your households as we draw near to Him. Because the Bible does say that when we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. And so when that happens, there is a collision where heaven meets earth and God's power is manifested and on the other end of that signs and wonders follow you and I who have had a collision course with heaven and so that's my heart that's my prayer um, for this series and so this is the end this is the part each week where we will put the challenge of pondering and practicing um, out there for all of us to engage in and so this being introduction week there is no real um, spiritual discipline for us to ponder or practice this week but here's what we're going to do I want us to ponder first of all what is the purpose of spiritual disciplines let's this week ponder that what is the purpose of spiritual disciplines and and also with that what is the one thing that's really um, stuck with you most from today's message What's the purpose of them? And what's one thing that's stuck with you from today's message? Ponder that this week. Um, Think through those things. Chat in your open houses about these things. Text each other. Call each other during the week. Let's get the conversation started around what spiritual disciplines mean to us and what from today's message really stood out. Um, That's the ponder part. The practice part, what are we going to actually do about it, is this. Um, 
If you haven't already, purchase a copy of this book. As I said earlier, if you can't afford it or you can't access it, please contact me directly and I will get a copy to you as soon as I possibly can um, because I'd love everybody to be on the same page. I like what I did there um, with this series as we possibly can. So purchase this book and commit to join us on um, being committed to this exciting journey of spiritual growth and spiritual formation. So that's what I want us to do this week is to make that decision. I'm going to purchase this book. It's going to cost me 20 bucks and I'm going to commit my, my coming weeks and months to pondering and practicing these 12 spiritual disciplines which have been practiced for the last 2,000 years. There is nothing new here. These are not sort of these current revelations that can be really helpful. These are something that our forefathers of the faith have been practicing for millennia and have proven to be incredibly powerful in experiential faith where we get to encounter God and be transformed from the inside out. And at the very start we read from Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for out of it Everything we do flows. And so that's what we're trying to do is guard our heart, protect our heart, and make sure the only thing that gets in there is the goodness of God that that shapes us and forms us, that heals us and frees us, so that what comes out of our life is life-giving and peace-giving and healthy and wholesome to all who are around us so we can be a good witness for Christ, lead others to a, a flourishing relationship with Him, and be all who God has called us to be on this earth. And God has not called you and God has not called me to be consumers. He has called us to be contributors, where we pour out everything He's poured into us, into this world, and make it a better place for His glory, for the good of other people, and ultimately for our joy. So that's it. That's today's um, introductory message to our new series, Above All Else. Get amongst it, get involved, get the book, get excited and, and get expectant for what God is going to do into your life when heaven meets earth through your discipline of connecting with him. So um, why don't we just pray right there as we bring this to a close. Lord, I just thank you so much for this incredible opportunity we have um, to journey through these spiritual disciplines, to ponder what they mean, how, what, how they would work for us, and to practice them, Lord God. So even just for two to five minutes a day, you start to practice these things in an attempt to draw closer to you. Lord, I, I pray that today's message will be really impactful to, to people, that, that will help them see that these disciplines are not um, profound or powerful in, in and of themselves, but really they are simply vehicles to take us to a destination which is to be in your presence, connected with you, and that's where the transformation, that's where the freedom occurs. And so Lord, I pray this week as we go about our life, as we go to school, as we go to work, as we uh, engage with our family and friends, whatever it is we do, Lord, I pray that um, we would just have this uh, idea of spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, um, just pondering around in our mind, as permeating our thoughts as we draw closer to you. Lord, I pray that you would bless us this week. I pray that anyone who is sick or, or, or not well or in financial trouble or relational trouble, Lord, I just pray a blessing over their life, Lord God. I thank you that you would continue to grow, develop, and expand our church, even in isolation, God, that you can do miracles. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.